Hi, I'm Ryan from Chicago. You are listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Look at that. Use Jimmy Hepler's song. All right. It's summer again. Time for that pesky summer cold. Or do you have malaria? If you've been bitten by a mosquito, you've already met the insect that's killed more people than all wars combined. Bites from mosquitoes made George Washington so sick that he took huge doses of quinine, which caused him to go deaf during his presidency. We've discovered that mosquitoes are drawn to people who have been drinking beer or exercising. Avoid these things at all costs. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 847-A new secure line has been opened for communication. 877-711-5611. Now back to American Radio Broadcast. On Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are. She's lean and he's green. Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are in Yes, they are. Oh, yeah. And good morning to everybody. And this is a very exciting morning for me. And I'm hoping that there are, we might even have a few extra listeners who have been reading about this during the week because in are you okay peggy okay she's missing her dingers oh oh my goodness (laughs) we we can't do a show without the dingers and they're in the box in the back see we're so excited and putting everything together get this 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 dumb phone out of the way and put that there ah there we go so much better You can tell that. Okay, the show can continue. We are really old school here, as you can see. Uh, in the studio, I am so thrilled and honored to have Steve King and Johnny Putman, sometimes known as Steve and Johnny, sometimes known as him and her, right? Sometimes known as her and him, but that's just in my book. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, welcome, you guys. Thank uh, you. Thank you for being here. What What'd you say? I had too much quinine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> thank yeah. you for having us, because I feel like we grew up together, so now we finally get back together. Uh, it, it is uh, a, an amazing thing, and it feels like uh, a thousand years ago. And I have to tell you, I'm not surprised by this at all. I drum- dreamt about Gargantua Radio down the dial last night. In prep for the show, I, I just knew that was going to happen. That the dreams were going to be uh, because Steve and Johnny are here, and and that is my my pet phrase sometimes for WGN Radio. I call it Gargantua Radio down the dial, and um, uh, that's where we met and worked together for a long time, many nights, yes. a long time. Steve and Johnny were doing the overnight show, uh, Life After Dark, with Steve and Johnny. 
Uh, and you guys did that for about 27 years. Yep. Yikes. Yep. Yikes. I've been doing uh, the gardening show in one permutation or another for 21 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know how long, how long <laughs> that is. Uh, and the amazing thing about what you guys did was you filled – and please excuse the word fill – uh, sometimes you could use the word kill. Uh, you killed six hours a night, which which in radio can be a really, really difficult yep. thing to do. And do you know how I found that out? When I had to do it myself. When you had to fill in for when us. When I had to fill in for yes. you guys. And they put, me, they put me there and they said, uh, we'd like you to fill in for Steve and Johnny. And I would say, what am I going to talk about for six hours? Uh-huh. Uh, and so I immediately grabbed onto my partner, Kathleen, and said, you're, you're mm-hmm. coming in to – to sit with me and so we could talk for six hours right. and i think we scared the dickens out of most of the listeners because <laughs> we're we're not nearly as nice to each other as you guys are okay? <laughs> uh, and i i think i think there are a lot of people out there saying "Ooh, it's the evil steve and johnny here okay that's because we were mean. not under contract to be nice to each other we just got lucky yeah uh, you know it's not like the management said no you have to be nice to each other no but, but the- you always were and you still are but you guys sounded great because uh, we were long story short we were off the air for roughly five months because i had some serious health problems and uh you guys pitched Mike in and during Kathleen, that time uh were oh, hanging out inside the radio speaker the new year's eve we woke up deathly ill with a high fever right. yeah you we, guys were we, called on new year's we eve. we got to do a new year's eve show uh which is there's nothing like it in the whole world and you had already booked all the guests right. So we got to do that. So that was fun. So just just being in your wake uh, on your coattails was. was no, we've was never been awake. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other thing you learn when you do an overnight show. Uh, you realize that your your sleeping patterns are done. They're cooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's and you guys had a, a, a an arrangement where you would sleep part of the time. You'd wake up and then you go back to sleep before. I, I don't know how you did that. We don't either. Uh, we, we would get home uh, and crash for about three hours, then get up and work, work on, on the show. show. Then if we didn't get about a uh, two or three hour nap in the evening, it was not a good day. Uh-huh. And, and regardless of how much they say they understand, the rest of the world does not understand third shifters. No, they do not. And I learned the hard way <laughs> what a shir- third shifter is. Now, here's something you guys rarely had at WGN. It's called a hard break. So that's what we're going <laughs> to. So this is what, and I miss the, the, the idea just kind of talking and talking and say, hey, we'll break. Well, we're going to break. We'll be right back. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki with Steve and Johnny. And the reason I'm playing this, I want to see if Mark Zuckerberg is going to uh, <laughs> clamp down. One of the things that happens when you do stuff on Facebook is that you'll get a notice every once in a while from Facebook. We uh, just muted uh, 20 seconds of your program because you were playing music that uh, we, uh, we've we licensed and you're not going to get. Right. And I was thinking, come on, this is 1951, all right? Oh, it's Mary Ford. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's kind of cool to be recognized, though. Oh, they know we're out there. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is kind of cool. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and Steve and Johnny. Oh, boy, oh boy. 
We look the same on the radio, but now that we're on Facebook, we can't say that. Exactly. Uh, and I want to encourage folks to give us a call at 877-711-5611. If the, there are fans of Steve and Johnny out there, I know there are no fans of me. So uh, we got to go with uh, Steve and Johnny here. But they're fans of Peggy. Uh, out there. So uh, uh, 877-711-5611. You're, you're welcome to say hi. And watch us on Facebook Live at The Mike Novak Show. And we are busy tweeting as well. Right. You, Mike can, you can see Steve and Johnny. And, and one of the things you might want to pay attention to, Steve, is the camera shot there. Yes. You're welcome to adjust the mic so that you... It doesn't hide you unless, you unless you're trying to be hidden. He likes and, that. and I know you're not afraid to mess with a mic. It will make Sonar crazy because uh, he says, he's always telling us, don't dance with the mics. <laughs> right, 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 Dennis? Exactly. How do you break a paperclip? <laughs> we can show you. <laughs> uh, so uh, you, you get to see Steve and Johnny uh, on the camera uh, as well. And look at the calls are already pouring in. You got to like that. Uh, a couple of things, uh, we played, we just played how high the moon. And of course that was Les Paul and Mary Ford. Uh, as I said, back in 1951, when they put that together. And part of the reason that Steve and Johnny are on the show today is not just so we can reminisce about the uh, good old days, but they actually wrote a book called a little more less. Um, and I was a little embarrassed because I, I posted about it the other day. Oh, I can Sorry, hear Sorry, it. it's thunking. <laughs> well, I'm not at my usual mic, so my ergonomics are totally yeah, different. Yeah. That's a and, great drum sound. Yeah. A nice bass drum sound. And uh, I, I took a photo of the cover, and I and I should have realized I could just go to your website and get <laughs> and, the, and just steal it. And so this, uh, it was on the floor, and I, you know, oh really? Uh, yeah, you're I, standing over, and you're getting I'm shadows. I'm and... Exactly, going. Oh, there's glare. How can I get rid of that glare? And I. Should have just gone to your, your. You've actually got a web page for the book, which is a little more or less. Spell it with one s. A little more or less. Mm -hmm. dot com. And Les Paul, of course, uh, was a genius, and um, he was a good friend of yours. And he um, it is pro. He didn't exactly invent the electric guitar, but he certainly was a pioneer in the development right. of the electric guitar. Right, and uh, and also. Uh, uh, sound on sound recording, right. yep. which was basically multi-tracking. That's what they called it at the time. He was he brought Ampex uh, to America, basically, right. I, and he was given the, like the second Ampex machine in America from that, Bing. That's after he he introduced Bing Crosby to Ampex, and uh, Bing always wanted to record his shows because Bing wanted to be out on the golf course. So he was so appreciative <laughs> that he then gave less. Uh, another Ampex, and the first thing Les did was said, hmm, okay, we've got one record head here, another record head here. Let me add another record head here and see what we can do. And that mm -hmm. was the beginning of uh, multi-track recording. And Mike is a, a former engineer. You can appreciate close miking. That's what Les came up with, yeah. as well as fade and echo. And... But the way they did it was actually the way I used to do it back in the day when I didn't have access to the right equipment, which is overdub and overdub yes. and overdub mm -hmm. and yeah. overdub. So they would do like 23 tracks. And if you got the 24th wrong, you'd have to start from yes. scratch. Yep. In fact, some of our favorite stories are in the book that Les tells. I believe he was at the Drake Hotel recording with Mary in yeah. their room. And they were and they would start with the track to me. I can't even wrap my mind around it because I'm not a, a musician, but Mary would come in last with her multiple part harmony singing with herself. Right. And so they would get to about the 15th or 16th track and think, OK, we're almost home free. <laughs> and a plane would go over or someone, as Les told the story, flush the toilet. 
And he said, Mary, we got to go back to the beginning. (laughs) But but Les told us an interesting story, and this kind of speaks to the development of modern technology. After Les invented the 8-track recorder, which meant that they no longer had to do basically sound on sound, they could, if they got to the 20th track and they screwed up, they could go back and just replace that track. Mm -hmm. They never had another hit record (laughs) until Les recorded with Chet Atkins. Les's theory was in their early hits because, as you were saying, if they goofed up on the 15th track, they had to go back to the beginning. They had that adrenaline going for them. Every every yeah. track so was on. a performance. Well, it's, it's, it's the difference between a studio and a live recording, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, everybody who, who does something live knows it's different when you have an audience uh, or, yep. or the, uh, you're doing the high wire act. Mm-hmm. And everything's That's on the was. line. Exactly. Yep. That energy. You get that energy. So, But then you get lazy. He said you it's get like lazy. Doing, you know what? It's like doing live radio. <laughs> yes. Honest to goodness. Because I know there's a lot of people who like to record their programs. I have never done that. I won't even do live interviews. I won't even do recorded, recorded interviews. interviews on my show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never say, did either for uh, that reason. Yeah. And and people say, well, uh, so-and-so is going to be in town in, on a Tuesday. And I said, I'd rather have them call on a mm-hmm. Sunday. Same here. Yeah. 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 I, we like the, the fact that they were in the same boat that the rest of the audience was. So if they were sleepy at three o'clock in the morning and we were talking to them, that added to the, uh, well, our adrenaline, certainly, because they were on yeah. the same page as us, versus going in and getting this nice, clean, pristine event. Uh, and and Les also talked about when he recorded with Chet Atkins and, in fact, won all kinds of Grammys, and it was the most popular CD that he ever put out. Uh, he and Chet went into the studio, and they just looked at the engineers and said, okay, roll tape. And you hear that banter with them and the engineers mm-hmm. on the CD, which mm-hmm. is really fun. Yeah. They at uh, the I uh, it's funny because it, and you recount it in the book and again it's called a little more less L E S and it's uh, uh, about Steve and Johnny's relationship with Les Paul uh, and you can get it at what's the website again a little more less dot com a little more less dot com and we're and coming up on Les's what would have been his hundred third birthday, birthday. Yes. And, yeah. and I need to I need to interject right now we are going to get to some sustainability stuff and maybe even some gardening stuff just for those people saying wait a second I thought this was that other show well yeah you, you know what? <laughs> but okay. but it is keep in mind that a guitar is made of wood and steel or aluminum which we will talk about a little bit, too. Uh, So we will get to that in a second. And by the way, it's called The Mike Novak Show, which means I get to do whatever I want. (laughs) All right. So So there. But but I think you folks are going to enjoy this today. Uh, So uh, we will get to that, and I wanted to let everybody know that. So that's kind of our introduction. But right now, I want to go to the phone line and bring in our first caller of the day, Mystery Guest. Mystery Guest, would you sign in, please? Hi, guys. It's Kathleen. Oh, oh, hey, Kathleen. How are you? Hi. <laughs> and you get a dig. Uh, you guys look so great. And thank you're you. beautiful as usual. Well, Johnny. thank you, Kathleen. Oh, you're so <laughs> Steve, <laughs> you're, <laughs> Steve, you're starting to look like a handsome Roy Orbison. <laughs> oh, I forgot to take off my sunglasses. Duh. I'm glad uh-huh. you said handsome, too. Thank you. <laughs> well, and we miss anyway, you here. I'm not going to keep. Mm-hmm. We miss you here because uh, I have memories of you two filling in for us one night and actually talking to Les Paul, if I'm not mistaken. Did we? I'm not yes, sure. Yes, we did. You yeah. did? One you did. Wow. I, yeah. I had forgotten that. Yeah. Was that he when, was a legend. Wait a second. Was, that must, uh, that must have been the up. New Year's. 
No, no, no. That was another night. Okay. Uh, if I recall, we we called in sick, and I don't know that he was a scheduled guest. I think he called just to welcome you kids <laughs> to the radio. Now I have to go find that tape. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's there in the collection oh, someplace. Yeah. The uh, the the forty forty seven boxes of cassette tapes oh, that I have golly. in the garage that 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 collection. Well, that's what we yeah. went through to transcribe the chapters in the mm-hmm. book. We went through DAT and Minidisc and and reel to reel. But but it was easy to find because I have them all filed alphabetically according, according to, to size. <laughs> it worked. Well, <laughs> and well, by the... I'm going to I'm going to say goodbye. But I just wanted to say hi. Thank well, you. Well, you well, guys and, have fun. And why, before you go, Kathleen, um, uh, the best thing that Kathleen did. Uh, on when we were doing the show is she would come up with these great bits. Um, I'm, I was there flying the spaceship and she would come up with these great ideas and the best idea you ever came up with. And I'm not even going to remember exactly the name of it. It was the desk where things blew up. What, what did you call that? The, you know, the, oh, the recall desk, the recall desk, the recall desk. We would read the, the things that had been recalled that week uh-huh. and a good, Three quarters of them were recalled because they blew up. Um, <laughs> so there were children's toys that blew oh, up, and yeah, there were yeah. um, garden imp- instruments that blew up, and, and there was also something else that got us in trouble with the management because we we actually oh. read on the air the side effects of that fake uh, fat olein or something like that. Oh yes, yeah. We and got- that some of the some of the callers, um, some of the listeners um, thought that that was a little risque. Not risque, gross. gross. <laughs> it, it was. We uh, there was oops. There was leakage. It caused leakage. Yes, and, oh right. yes, I remember that. Yes. And, and then we got in trouble for that. So uh, so when we got back on the air, we talked about leakage for hours. Just, yeah. Seriously, it was great fun. Just to get them accustomed to it. <laughs> Except there was another word that went in front of the word leakage, yes. and I'm not going to say yes. it because it's, it's people haven't had their breakfast yet. I don't want to get in trouble here either. Okay. Okay. Kathleen, thank you so much. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, I'm Kathleen. Glad you're watching. Love to see you. Bye. Have a good time, you guys. Thank Bye-bye. you. All right. Back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and our guests, Steve and Johnny, here in the studio. One of the things I wanted to mention, uh, you heard our theme at the very beginning of the show, Good Planets Are Hard to Find. Um, and that was recorded on the overnight um, when we were filling in for you. And we brought in a group called the Hillbilly Winos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great and, uh, group. They were fun. They were really good. And they came in. We did what you guys did, which is you bring musicians into the studio. You, you have them in for a couple of hours. And uh, you you sit and chat. And they play a few songs. And and Steve would mix it live mm-hmm. there in the studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I had a little uh, familiarity with the equipment, I was able to do it. I was even able to pop in a little reverb behind it, yep. and, you know. And they came in with a guitar, um, with uh, a bass, mm-hmm. a fiddle, and they didn't even have real drums. They had a pad. So the guy was was tapping out the beat on a pad mm-hmm. which sounded pretty good actually when you put the mic up close to it so they would they did like three or four songs live and i had asked them to do this because i went to see them perform and they did this song good planets are hard to find mm-hmm. um and i said you've you've got to do this on the show because then i can use it for my own program which mm-hmm. at the time was called let's talk gardening on wgn uh and they did and i recorded it and i was never so happy and i have used it ever <laughs> since and that was 
that's got to be uh, uh, 13, 14, maybe 15 years ago. Well, again, a, a testament to your abilities, because when you started playing it, I thought, oh, what a great record. Mm-hmm. So well, thank kudos you. to you. Well, thanks. It was it was fun. And you mentioned uh, DAT recording yeah. a second ago. Mm-hmm. You don't happen to have a DAT recorder, do you? Uh, actually, we do. We do. Because I have DAT tapes that I have wow. no idea how to <laughs> okay. transfer. I haven't even heard re- reason DAT tapes for us, in years. Reason for us to get together with Kathleen, have dinner, and talk DAT. Uh, that would be great. Or see, dis and DAT. See. <laughs> okay. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> see, uh, that's why we had to get the dingers out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, uh, DAT was a, a, a format that lasted about five minutes. Yes. Uh, in between. Re- Beta cam. And- <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. we're so, somewhere in there. But it, it, there and, and mini discs mm-hmm. were in there. Yep. They, they lasted about three minutes. Uh, actually, I think DAT was shorter than, than mini discs. Uh, and, and then it all just went to files, audio files. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where we are now. But now I, it's going back to vinyl. Yay. I know. So Vinyl actually outsold every other form of recorded music over the past couple of years. My goodness. I remember you saying over and over mm-hmm. at WGN that when we went into the digital age, we were entering the dark ages of audio. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, kind of. Really? It's. I think digital sound now is getting very close to where they said it was when it first came out. The worst example I can think of is when Motown digitized all of their hits. And for example, you'd be listening to uh, uh, My Girl mm-hmm. and that, that great bass line. Doom, 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 right. doom, doom, doom. The digital version was like <laughs> <laughs> because they did it. They weren't listening. They were watching the meters. Yeah. Rather than listening. And we later talked with an English producer who had worked on some of the Beatles records. And he said, the problem with so much transfer to digital technology is just that people don't listen. Mm -hmm. They're looking at the meters. They're not using their ears. Yeah. Uh, They're not getting the nuances out of it. Exactly. And and you know what happens is uh, oh that's nasty. All right, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the peanut gallery. That's, that's, that's the honey badger who, who, who says oh that's nasty. All right, uh, so that's that's but we've gotten better at it. I mean, even less would talk about digital. He liked. He oh was, sure. He oh. was embracing it. Uh, he was at all the end about new life. technology. In yeah, 1959, absolutely. he was being inducted into the Sound Engineers Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. one of eleven halls of fame that he was inducted in. Uh, including the Smithsonian Institute. But uh, he was being inducted, and he said at that time, he was trying to get people to grasp the concept that they would be carrying music in their pockets one day. And they said, sure, and a transistor goes, no, no, no. It's going to be different. But he didn't know the words for it. He He didn't didn't know know, the word digital. He didn't know how to explain what he imagined we would eventually be hearing. And, and And you talk about it in the book. Uh, he he says no no there's going to be no moving parts right all right, right. Mm-hmm. it's just going to be yeah. this little thing yep and he didn't and as you said he didn't know what digital was at the time he said, but it'll be in your pocket yeah that's all I know it'll be that small and it will sound wonderful and it, I get goosebumps when I think of that that somebody was walking around with a mind like that and people are going ha, 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 crazy man <laughs> you know <laughs> and he's the only person who is in both the rock and roll Hall of Fame and the Inventors Hall of Fame right. yep right which is that tells you all you need to know That's about, about Les yeah. Paul. All right, let's talk. We'll talk some guitars and things you make guitars out of, like wood and yes. metal, aluminum, that kind of thing. Do uh, we get to dance now? Yeah. Yes, you may. Go ahead. It's the Mike Novak Show <laughs> with Peggy Malecki and Steve and Johnny. We hope you stick around.
mentioning earlier, and by the way, we have Steve and Johnny uh, in the studio this morning, a very special first hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're listening to a track from uh, a CD and an album called Chester and Lester Guitar Monsters, and this is one of the best guitar recordings of all time. Absolutely. You're very lucky you have that. It is so hard to find. And Even in CD? Now it's in the hundreds of dollars. Wow. Are yeah. you kidding no. me? Because it was so popular. It was his most popular CD at the Club Uridium yeah. when he played mm-hmm. in New York. And, and everything you hear on that CD is, as we were talking about earlier, recorded live. live. No overdubs. Spec- yeah. uh, quick long story short. Uh, Chet Atkins was a bit more of a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> and at some point he said to Les, well, okay, the, it sounds really good. But could you kind of tweak a little bit? Come on back to Nashville. Les said, I'm not coming back to Nashville. Been there, done that. But remember, so, the, the tapes had actually been mailed to Les. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, so Les said, I'm staying at home. Chet said, okay, I'll send you the, the tapes. Les had his own studio. I said, you know, just kind of tweak a couple things. Les didn't touch them. <laughs> it was like six months later, yes. Chet calls and says, okay, well, how about those tapes? And uh, Les said, oh, I just finished it up. Threw them back in the mail. And uh, Chet got him back and said, oh, sounds great. He hadn't <laughs> opened Nothing the package. Had been tweaked. He didn't even look at And he laughed when he told that story, to which always made me say, you rascal, because he really, <laughs> truly was. You know? Well, and the other thing, and, and you write about it in the book, if I'm, I hope I have this right, that they did this rehearsal with all these songs and Chet said, okay, we'll do the real thing on Monday. And Les said, yes. no, 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 I'm, I'm catching a plane. I'm That's out right. of here. So he said, that was it. That, That's what that, you that was the real thing. Yep. That was it. And it was a Grammy Award winning album. Yeah. Um, and, and to this day, guitar players uh, look at that and say, oh, my goodness. And, and, yeah. it, and the, me, the average person listening to it says, oh, my goodness, yeah. that is the most wonderful music that you can imagine. And, and one of the great things about it is... One of the wonderful, unique things about Chet and Lester, you can listen to them and you hear their personalities come out in their guitar playing. You can tell who's who, even mm-hmm. if you're listening yeah. in, in Marvelous Mono. You can hear the rascal versus yeah, exactly. the, the, the more, um, what would you say, well, perfectionist is the best word yeah. for a Chet Atkins. But, but we should throw in a quick blatant plug. Yes. Uh, the, uh, this coming Saturday, June 9th, would have been Les Paul's 103rd birthday we're doing a very special celebration. We're going to be up at the Woodstock Library. Yes. And we're doing a, a book signing. We'll be talking about less. It's free. And there's going to be a showing of the terrific movie, Chasing Sound. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a, a number of other uh, things that will be happening. So it's uh, next Saturday. I believe the start time is uh, one, o'clock. 1 o'clock. Right. It's being hosted by uh, Free Guitars for Future Stars. It's a great organization. It is, and we're really honored that they asked us to be a part of this. And we're also so happy that it happens to fall in Les's actual birthday. Uh, If you happen to be up in Milwaukee at the Discovery World, they have a great display. But if you can't make it up there, stop in Woodstock and visit with us. We'll be out in the light of day. (laughs) Well, you you are now. You are Yes, we are. Um, And I'm melting. I'm melting. You will take your sunglasses off when we're... (laughs) People always say, I can't see your eyes, Steve. All right. Before we, we need to talk about guitars. Yes. Speaking of guitars, let's bring in that phone call. Uh, and on line three, I believe we have Rick Moskowitz. Rick, are you with us? 
I'm here. Hi, Rick. Hey, Rick. Hi, Steve and Johnny. How are you? Great. Good. Thank you. See, the, I was, the th- I'm going to say I was, I was a guest on their show at one time. Oh, yeah. You were, you, you, you would show up on their show occasionally. Uh, the, the only thing, the difference being when Rick says, can I bring my guitar? I always say, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh rick uh say hi and then we got to get to a discussion about guitars good sounds really good uh well okay okay there, there's your there's i'm listening your... i'm listening okay thank you, thank you. I'm, listening. I'm listening all <laughs> thanks, right rick thanks for calling great, rick. by the way that that's a really great book oh well, well, thanks, thanks rick. paul book Appreciate Thank you. It. See, uh, the check's in the mail, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way that works around okay. here. All right, Rick, you have a Your great... Your book, too, Mike. It's really... Uh, well, right, thanks. And by the way, you guys are getting a copy of this when you leave great. today. Great. Yay. My, Attack my... of the Killer Asparagus. Attack of the Killer Asparagus. <laughs> Got to give that a ding as well. All right, Rick, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Have a great Sunday. All right, see you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to that conversation about yes. guitars, because one of the things you mentioned to me, Steve King, is that um, there is sustainability being practiced in how people build guitars. You mentioned Taylor. Well, and I mentioned that there are a lot of guitar corporations that are very conscious of sustainability and coming up with uh, uh, some ways to to, uh, reforest. Gibson was one of the first that started doing it, but Taylor has really gotten into it. In fact, Bob Taylor, the founder of Taylor Guitars, he actually has turned over the day-to-day running of the company to some other people while he is investing and using his own money to help promote sustainability programs. He just did a tour around the world of various countries and looking at how they're practicing sustainability. In fact, I brought a uh, an issue of a guitar magazine, and I'm just going to hand this to you. Okay. Now, it's an ad for Taylor Guitars. Now, most guitar companies will say, oh, here, look at our wonderful new <laughs> line of guitars. Look and, and read any part of that that you want to. Wow. It says some musical breakthroughs happen in studios, some in garages, and some in forests. On a dusty road outside of Yaoundé, Cameroon, you can peer into the African forest and see something totally out of place. Villagers planting ebony saplings, all supported by a guitar manufacturer from El Cajon, California, despite the fact that ebony has been used in guitar and violin fingerboards for centuries, the music industry had done very little to replant it. Since we have no desire to ever make guitars without ebony, we teamed up with some of the world's best researchers and foresters to study how to replant it on a large scale. Now, for the first time in history, we're planting, growing, and harvesting ebony sustainably. One look into that forest in Cameroon reveals something else sprouting, hope, Mm -hmm. not just for ebony, but for the future of the tone woods worldwide. Watch the whole story at taylorguitars.com slash ebony project. That's very cool. And my point is, Taylor is really, really committed to this. Bob Taylor is my hero when it comes to this because really the industry was a wee bit slow. You know, all of the the laws as we see them today that fall under the heading of CITE, C-I-T-E, and that's the Convention for International Trade of Endangered Species. uh, And that involves 200 governments that support this. That all started because furniture was illegally being made from woods that were never, ever going to be seen again. Mm -hmm. And then... Guitar makers said, uh, wait a minute, 
if that wood's not available, we may not be around at some point. And so they were kind of slow to it, but now they're on board and Taylor is, he's leading the way. Uh, Bob Taylor, you know, God bless him for doing this. He put his money where his mouth is. He is in Cameroon watching this happen. And they've got a great video up on the Ebony Project that really walks people through. Not just, I I was impressed of all the work they were doing to help the the, the workers and the people there and the families. And this really started with Rosewood because Rosewood, I know I often hear Steve, who is a guitar collector, say, wow, there's nothing like the sound of Rosewood. Mm -hmm. Well, if sight had not stepped in and if there had not become this effort to save Rosewood, there would be no more Rosewood guitars. Mm. But thankfully... uh, but sadly, I should back up and say bureaucracy gets involved in this. So you have the Food and Drug Administration, believe mm. it or not. You have the Ag Department. You have TSA. You have everybody that well, wants a piece of this action. And beyond that, unfortunately, the reality is that each country can implement the site's regulations the way they, way they choose. Want to. We have yeah. heard of horrible stories of musicians traveling with a guitar that has some rosewood. Ryan and, Adams is a great yes. example. And he, uh, the I don't know if it was the TSA or who it was in, in one country. In Jerusalem. They checked his guitar. They said, okay, this guitar has been checked. And to prove that it had been checked, they wrote on the guitar. With an indelible marker. And it was a Martin guitar that was probably worth $20,000. Yikes. And they took it away to check to be sure that it was approved wood to be allowed into their country. And wrote on it. He he wept like a baby. But then that is not as bad as in some countries where they will find that you have a, a guitar that has some rosewood. Yeah. No, we can't allow that in our country. And they destroy they, the guitar. In front Absolutely of Absolutely true. Oh, yes. We support. The, you know, we're a part of the government band. To... And because we don't want you to sell this guitar to anybody else, we're so going to destroy it. And you, oh, you can... You can Cry and gnash your teeth all you want. You can throw dollar bills. It doesn't matter. That's the way the, the law is. I, so, I can see doing that with ivory, if, yes. especially if it hasn't been yeah. made into anything. Right. Or even if it has, but this seems insane because you can you can grow this back, or, right? Or if well, you're looking at a guitar from 1920, and it's been all these years, and now you're, you're going to destroy it. There's some insanity there. And, and one of the points in bringing this up, and tell me if we have to break quickly. We've but, got two minutes here. Okay. One of the reasons I'm bringing this up is if you care about sustainability, and you should, go online, look up some of the site's regulations, Mm -hmm. do what you can to get involved, because there is a lot of craziness going on around the world, and the more pressure is put on the the politicians from whatever country to get this right, the better it is. So you get involved. Wow. I I had no idea that... um, that well, I, and and it's a peculiar industry because um, it wood is used so much in guitars, and there's some people who mm-hmm. who don't. Well, certain parts have to be have to be wood. have to be yeah. wood. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, now there are other parts that don't have to be wood, right. and that's something that we'll probably we, we got about like a minute left. But one of the things I want to bring up is last year we had my friend Carl Zimmering on the show. Mm-hmm. He is one of the people responsible for starting the Sustainable Studies program at Roosevelt University in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's at the Pratt Institute in New York. 
He wrote a, a, a book last year called Aluminum Upcycled, Sustainable Design in Historical Perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, and the thing about aluminum was that until the beginning of the 20th century, there wasn't a lot of aluminum. Mm -hmm. And then they, they figured out how to, how to manufacture it and, 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 and create it in abundance. And then it was used for airplanes, a lot of airplanes. And some of those airplanes, uh, when they were destroyed, they smelt the aluminum and you can use reuse it, it. Some, yeah. of, some of the aluminum used to this day was created in the first decade of the 1900s mm -hmm. uh and he talks about guitars with aluminum necks on them and mm -hmm. let's let's get to that we, okay and we'll talk about that it uh with steve and johnny from wgn radio this is the mike novak show with peggy malecki to you. It's in the key of C, this, this, the Spanish key. Is the great Tommy Emmanuel? Yeah. In fact, with Les Paul uh, at towards the very end of Les's, Les's life, yeah. yeah. That very performance is a part of the movie Chasing Sound yes. that we're going to be screening next Saturday, this coming Saturday, up at uh, the Woodstock Library. And one of the neat things about that, when Tommy pr first performed with mm -hmm. Les, he kind of laid back. And well, Les was, we, we read about it in the book. 90 uh, years old at the time. He said, I was showing my respect for him. <laughs> so I laid back. And after that performance, Les got him backstage and said, don't you ever do that. He said, you bring it. And if you watch this performance on Chasing Sound, you'll see Tommy is doing some incredible things. And Les is upping his game at yeah. 94 years old with arthritis to compete with Tommy. And it sounds great. And I yeah. love the fact that he said, don't treat me like that. I'm up to it. And and Tommy said it was scary. He was right in my face telling me no, because he knew he was holding back. Uh -huh. And I, I just and Tommy, Tommy wrote a chapter in the book. Uh, he had the good fortune of introducing him. The people that wrote chapters in the book, uh, the majority of them, like Charlie Daniels and Muriel Anderson, yeah. the, those wonderful guitarists we introduced to Les Paul and and think, and they said it changed their lives. Can I share a quick Charlie Daniels story? Absolutely, because you had all these people on your show. You 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 talked to all of them, and and you know that music, uh, the Blue Moon. I just played. You, you might you thought I'd planned it or something for the show <laughs> to, 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 sort, to sort of play into the, the the movie. And 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 when you tell the Charlie Daniels story and explain a little bit about what the film is that's going to be shown. Okay, okay? sounds good. Well, uh, we had Charlie Daniels in the studio, and Charlie only plays Les Paul guitars. Charlie and I started talking about uh, uh, Les Paul, and Charlie apparently at that time thought that Les had already passed away. And he said something like, gee, it's a shame I never got to meet him. And we could tell he thought that Les was no longer with us. <laughs> I kind of nodded to Johnny. She kept Charlie talking. In the talkback, I told our producer, get Les on the phone. <laughs> and then we say, well, Charlie, we're going to go to a phone call. Les comes on and says... So, is this the guy who took his fiddle down to Georgia to fight the devil? Well, this is Les Paul. You should have seen the look yes. on Charlie's face. Oh, boy. Long story short, he had just finished up a tour. He gets out of our studio, gets in his tour bus, drives to New York. The next Monday night, he's on stage with Les. And there's a picture in the book of Charlie and Les performing. 
out of and you never see a picture of Charlie without his hat. Out of respect for Les, Charlie took his hat off, and, and the picture of the two of them performing. Look at the the smiles on both of their faces. Oh, look at that! Yeah, you know that is interesting. I hadn't thought about the, uh, Charlie not hmm. having a hat, hat on. on. Yeah. What, what page is that in the book? That's on one hundred three. <laughs> okay, page yes, page one hundred three, which and, is and... the age that Les would have been. Oh, this ooh, year. I got coincidence. <laughs> we mentioned that this Saturday when we talk about our um, our our time with Les and our love for the man, because as I always say, this is our Valentine to him, yeah, because yeah. there's been a lot written about him uh, that is the, uh, more of the technical side. We do not believe in telling the darker side. We didn't have the darker side to tell. Yeah, so we this never is, experienced that. This is not a tell-all no. Uh, book. This is this is a we had a great book. Yeah, we yes. had a great experience yes. with it. When and you're doing interviews on a fifty thousand watt radio station, you don't necessarily go into the dark side. But uh, it, it, I think that if there had been those stories to tell, he would have told yeah. them to us because we had a wonderful relationship off the air with him too. Yeah, and we talked at great length. Uh, whenever we drove to Florida, I'd be on the phone with him, watching hmm. my minutes being eaten up as he was talking about what <laughs> back mile, in the days of brick phones. Yes, yes. what milepost are you at, doll? Where are you going to eat? Where are you going to stay? Because he loved traveling. He loved being on the road. But uh, Saturday, when we are talking about these years that we spent with him and got to know him. Uh, and we'll be answering questions. And we also talk about WGN. So if you're a fan, come out. You can get those questions. And the dark side will be told there. Yes. Um, the uh, following our book signing, our talk and our book signing at 2.30, the Woodstock Public Library will be showing the fabulous movie Chasing Sound. And there's a chapter in our book entitled Chasing Sound because that's what Les did from the time he was four years old. He was chasing sound. He was never satisfied with the sound he was getting. He always wanted something that was more pure. Yes. And he, he never felt that he completely uh, achieved that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're laughing Mike's because... Mike's in the background Mike had his photo opportunity. I'm standing here and I'm realizing... Actually, you photobombed him. I looked, I did, I photobombed Steve just now. And, cool. I, and I'm standing here and I'm thinking... Oh, my goodness, because I just went to your blog, and you had photos from the last radio show you were on. I went, nobody's taking any photos. <laughs> so, uh, hey, uh, Ellie, Ellie, get in here and grab this camera, okay, before uh, we get out of here. Uh, but th that's great. So folks will get to see this. They get to see Chasing Sound, <laughs> yeah. which was uh, wildly popular on PBS. And, in fact, the man who's behind the movie uh, writes a chapter in our book mm -hmm. as well. And we were very honored to get to know him and uh, if if you don't get to come and visit with us and for whatever reason you're busy on a Saturday, look up Chasing Sound because you mm -hmm. really need to see that movie. One of my favorite stories is when Les was four years old and he used to move uh, a chair between rooms in their house so that he could get an echo. And he'd sit in the bathroom and he'd play guitar and he, he would think, oh, this is it. Oh, no, that's not quite it. And his mother was so tolerant. You know, she just said, oh, Lester, whatever you want. Just no <laughs> drums. Just, just yeah, Exactly. No <laughs> drums. I have to tell you, I am so the opposite of Les. Um, he's a guy who would grab a piece of equipment and then he would take it apart yes. uh, and put it back together. Now, I never, that's not me at all. It's not. And, and he was a, a, a detail oriented. I'm big picture all the way. <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, there's no way. I, I, maybe I would have complimented him because I'm, our, yeah. st our styles are so different, different. Mm -hmm. but I am not not that guy, although I admire what he did. You're well, the, the, the best example of Les's mind, he explained, if his brother walked in a room and turned on the light switch, oh, the light comes on, fine. Yay. Les <laughs> would walk in, turn on the light switch. What made that happen? <laughs> yeah. 
that's how this is yeah Yeah. exactly yeah by the way uh and and really quickly for those who who i tease the whole idea of the, the aluminum uh neck and for a while in the 50s 60s and 70s and actually it has stretched into the 21st century uh but the heyday was 50s, 60s, and 70s of aluminum neck guitars. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you actually have to read this chapter. I think you'd really enjoy it about it. Uh, and the thing that aluminum had going for it is that it doesn't change. It doesn't. Yep. Uh, it's, it's solid. And it, um, it, uh, unlike wood, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have to worry about temperature changes. Yeah, it's not going to warp. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's why some, if Jerry Garcia, he had a guitar that he used that sold in t- 2007 for $312,000, okay? But it was mainly because Jerry used it. And But those guitars are still around. They're collector's items. Sometimes they show up in pawn shops, mm-hmm. which is weird, um, because some of them are really, really wonderful instruments. Mm-hmm. And it's not that... They're better or worse. Obviously, if Jerry Garcia is going to use an instrument, he must have liked it. Yeah. Okay. And there were other uh, musicians who loved their aluminum. And sometimes I think they go through phases. They go, this is fun for a while. Trends. And, and yeah. And I'm, yeah. now I'm going to go back to something mm-hmm. else or try something different. And Les was always trying sure. di- different things. So did he ever talk about aluminum guitars? I I he believe a, he did. He, In fact, he had an aluminum guitar did. at one point. And every guitar that had his name on it had to be sent to him and had to be approved yeah. by him before he was a, allowed his name to be put on it. Yeah. And it is the most popular signature guitar in the world. There are more Ever. with his name right. on it. Exactly. So that resulted in, him, in, in less standing in line at the bank. And the woman looks down and she says, he said, the young woman looks down and she said, oh, Les Paul. Oh, how interesting. My boyfriend has one. Did you know there's a guitar named Unless <laughs> yeah. is Really? How about that? <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we're basically out of time here. Oh, Steve and Johnny, this you. has been so much fun. Thank you so much. This thank you. Fun, uh, and uh, if folks uh, want more information, they can go to my website, MikeNovak.net, because I got all the links there. Real quick hit for your appearance next uh, Saturday. That's going to be at the Woodstock Library, uh, 1 o'clock. And uh, if you want more information, go to our website, SteveAndJohnny.com. That's J-O-H-N-N-I-E.com. Right, I-E. I had to tell Ellie that. All right. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be back after the news.